Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to episode 10 of Tales from the Veg Patch. Episode 10! Doesn't time fly? And double digits is a perfect time to say thank you. Thank you for listening, thank you for sharing, thank you for rating and reviewing and generally being very lovely. You are brilliant. I'll host a party for you all when we celebrate episode 100. This week... Gluts, my heartland, because my first glut arrived this week. Lettuces. Actually, it's the second, but I never seem to count the radishes as a glut because they seem only to come in multiples of a hundred, so any fewer seems like a bad harvest rather than a non-glutting one. But lettuces this week mark the start of months of gluts, right through until November if I play my cards right. And all this abundance reminds me of how restorative the veg patch can be in ways that aren't always about connecting with nature, but about connecting with people. Abundance. It's this time of year when I notice how sociable gardening is. I know that sounds contradictory for a solo pursuit, but when you grow your own, you have such an abundance of produce from now until the first frosts and beyond, if you're lucky, that you end up sharing it with anyone who will take it. There's far too much to eat alone, and no lettuce grower can bear to consign a perfectly good lettuce to the compost simply for want of an opportunity to eat it. Give it a week and I'll be foisting lettuces on the postman if he stands still for long enough. Be warned, from now on, no one escapes a visit to my house without something green being pressed into their hands as they leave. I found this glut-induced sociability quite challenging when I had depression, though really it was doing me good. As always, the patch was coaxing me back to life. Depression, in my experience, can make you quite self-centred. Self-absorbed might be more charitable, but either way, the magnitude of your own thoughts and distress leave little room for anything else. No one has suffered like you. Everyone else's anguish is subordinate to yours. After all, how could you feel this awful and come through it? You must be the only one dealing with these symptoms because surely nobody else has survived. In this state, you are terrible at dealing with people. 
If anyone asks you a favour or expects something of you, they are heartlessly demanding. If someone gets in your way or unwittingly does something to make life difficult, they are unreasonable. How dare they? Don't they know you have the worst, most difficult life imaginable? If, heaven forfend, your husband delicately suggests you might need to slow down and take a moment, he's gaslighting you into thinking you're incapable. Outrageous. But it extends beyond the usual hassles of life. Trains being late, deliveries not turning up, husbands trying to take care of you, things unconnected with you, not in the least bit directed at you, become part of the conspiracy. Everyone is out to make your life difficult. Walking through Paddington Station once, a tourist ahead of me couldn't find her ticket to get out from the underground. I barged past her, huffing loudly, and took her place at the ticket barriers. Gee, it's like rude, she whispered to her friend in a Californian drawl. My instant reaction was not, oh God, she's right, remorse. I did not look at myself and question my priorities. I did not apologise profusely for my bad mood and show her how to use the underground. No, instead, I thought, bloody Americans, so inconsiderate. Are they trying to make me miss my train? As you can see, depression, not very edifying condition. It makes you myopic detached and insular. I, by the way, go pretty easy on people who barge past me on the underground these days. They probably aren't evil. They're probably just having a really rough day. But these attitudes are not acceptable in the veg patch during the season of abundant harvests that starts from around now and continues into November. The garden is endlessly generous. It is producing great gluts of courgettes, tomatoes, beans, lettuces, sweet corn, cucumbers, basil, aubergines, kale, onions, flowers, beetroot, carrots, spinach, parsley, fennel, more than you could ever hope to eat yourself. You have no choice but to share it. You have no choice but to be generous. Even if your patch is a little neglected, or you are new to gardening, you cannot fail to have crops to give away. For example, maybe you grow two cucumber plants. At some point in the summer, they will both be at their peak, and there will be two or three cucumbers on each plant, all ready to eat. And if you don't pick them now, they will turn fat leathery and tasteless in a few days. So, rather than face the challenge of eating six cucumbers in three days, you give some away. Even if quantity doesn't drive you to sharing your harvest, then the timing of it will. That worst year of depression, there was so much food in the patch that I had to give some away. And that meant seeing people and talking to them. I wasn't wild about either, but I had a wheelbarrow worth of food every week and a village green of neighbours very ready to help out with the glut. The veg patch once again was gleefully forcing me out of myself by foisting its bounty on me and making me share it, bowling me over with sheer weight of its abundance, generous harvests to knock me out of my isolation. When I was working in advertising, we had this thing called a shaky trolley on people's birthdays. 
A hostess trolley, piled high with Krispy Kreme donuts, Haribo and crisps, and clinking with champagne and beer, was brought around to the recipient's desk. God forbid they should have actually left their desk to enjoy their treat, and would all binge on the bounty of sugar and booze. It was very convivial, though I suspect we were all self-medicating. You could hear the chink of bottles coming down the corridor as the rickety trolley rattled over the carpet, hence the name, Shaky Trolley, and we would end our calls quickly or finish dashing off an email to get to the fizz whilst it was still cold. The Shaky Trolley also made appearances when a pitch had been won or an award won or some vague excuse was created by management, like it was a Friday afternoon. There were similar trolleys at most of the companies I worked for. At one agency, when the trolley got cut due to budget restraints, we all knew things must be so tight that the end was nigh. A lot of people called their headhunters that first Friday afternoon there was no shaky trolley. When I started the veg patch at my neighbour's farm, I realised I had my own, much healthier version of the shaky trolley and it carried my abundant harvests to the neighbourhood. A steel mesh, green garden trolley with drop-down sides, a soft grip handle that steered the front axle and an alluring force that drew people towards it. You might remember it from last week's episode about the tomato debacle. The walk from my house to the vegetable patch took five minutes and I would wheel it up the lane loaded with the weeding bucket and a spade, then wheel it back full of summer vegetables. Back and forth I went every few days with that green trolley and it was just as much a social magnet as the donuts and fizz filled trolley from the ad agency days, whether I liked it or not. As I trundled across the village green with my harvest, I was so idyllic, why on earth wasn't I happy? Dog walkers would pass and comment on how pretty it looked. Neighbours would pop out to raid the green trolley of its gluts. I'm not sure I could say I was chatty, but that I could talk to them at all was progress. We would discuss what to do with the vegetables and chat about the weather. Nothing profound, just normal, everyday living. And here I was, living too. Most importantly, I had something I wanted to give them. Mainly marrows, but still. It was the first time I had noticed any generosity of spirit in myself for many, many months. The harpy who terrified tourists on the underground had been exercised by, of all things, the marrow glut. I still have that green trolley and it still carries my harvests. It's a bit faded, one tyre is flat and it turns out impossible to replace. The soft grip handle has disintegrated and the drop down sides drop down randomly and of their own accord. But I can't bear to part with it. I feel a real affection for that trolley, like you do for your first car. A recipe for your lettuce glut. You'll find a lettuce and mint soup recipe that was made for a lettuce glut in episode 5 of this podcast, which is all about lettuces. But we're going to need a lot more than just one soup recipe to deal with the harvest as abundant as mine is now. So, 
How about a braised lettuce number to add to the repertoire? And the good thing about this recipe is that you can really pack in a lot of lettuce. Braised lettuce, bacon and pearl barley stew. A light but satisfying stew. Pearl barley is made from ears of barley grain, which are polished to remove the bran and hull. It has a wonderful nutty flavour and a creaminess that makes it ideal for thickening stews without them becoming too heavy. This is a one-pot supper for those evenings when you think it might be warm enough to eat outside in the garden, but end up nipping back inside to get a jumper and thicker socks. Serves two. In a large non-stick saucepan, fry 75 grams of unsmoked streaky bacon or diced pancetta over a medium heat for three to five minutes until it browns. Reduce the heat, then add 10 grams of butter and one diced onion and stir into the bacony juices. Sweat with the lid on for 10 minutes until the onion is soft but not brown. Add a crushed garlic clove, a teaspoon of chopped thyme leaves and some salt and pepper, then sauté for two to three minutes. Pour in half a glass of white wine, bring to the boil and use a spatula to scrape up any gnarly caramelised bacon bits from the bottom of the pan. Now stir in 600ml of fresh chicken stock and 125 grams of pearl barley, then bring to a simmer. Pop on a lid and bubble gently for 30 minutes or until the pearl barley has just cooked through. Cut four, yes four, hearting lettuces into quarters, keeping some stem attached to each wedge as this helps hold the leaves together rather than having them floating off about the stew. Once the stew has had its 30 minutes, remove the lid briefly to snuggle the lettuce wedges in amongst the pearl barley and cook for a further five minutes. Just enough time for the lettuce to wilt, but not so long that it discolours. Check the seasoning and then spoon into large and generous bowls to serve. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 